Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks for tuning in. Got a live stream for you guys today. Pumped about it. Excited to get out some Jags content for you guys. Even though we're in the dead period, we are keeping it going here on Duval Daily and GenJag.com. Going on vacation tomorrow, I still will be um, doing my my show over on the relevant app on Wednesday, tomorrow at 2 p.m. So make sure to go download the relevant app to check that out. And I'll be trying to uh, get some content out um, Thursday and Friday as well. Brandon Joyce is in the chat. Good buddy of mine. What's up, Brandon? Yeah, so I'll be over in uh, on the panhandle next couple days. I'll be trying to get out as much content for you guys as I can. But today, we're looking at the five most important Jaguars players of 2022. We'll count them down. And of course, this is supposed to be a fun exercise, a, a thought-provoking exercise, not meant to disparage any players or or anything like that. It's just a thought experiment. And how do you define importance? It's not simply who the best players are, although that does matter. Uh, Does this player need to show improvement uh, for the team to find success in 2022? Is this a player that could unlock other aspects of the game for those around him? Is this a player that the team simply can't afford to lose based on the depth at at that position? All these things matter, and we're going to dive into it right now. If you're a fan of the show, please go like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow myself, at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter, Generation Jaguar, at Generation Jag. So, without further ado, we're going to jump right into this. We're going to go from five to one, the top five most important Jaguars players of 2022. If we're talking about most important Jaguars as a whole, you'd probably have to include Doug Peterson in here, no question. Um, but we're going to count it down. I, I will go ahead and provide some honorable mentions before we start with number five. I've got the kicker position, whoever wins that battle between Andrew Mevis and and Ryan Santoso, because I think the kicker is clearly undervalued around the league and by fans and, and analysts, really. But you look at if the Jaguars are going to be competitive in 2022, they're going to need a reliable kicker, not only on kickoffs, but also on extra points and field goal attempts. If you're a competitive team, if you're a competitive team and you're in games late, you need your kicker to execute. And and do the Jaguars have a kicker that can do that? Uh, Ryan Santoso has bounced around a little bit incredibly powerful leg. Uh, one of my favorite pictures from minicamp last week was Andrew Mevis and Ryan Santoso standing next to each other. This guy looks like a tight end or a quarterback. Or, 
He's like 6'5", 6'6", 250 plus. He is a massive kicker. And then Andrew Mevis is much more of the the smaller, kind of looks like a soccer player type of kicker that you, you come to expect. But whoever wins that job, and I do think at this point, Andrew Mevis is a more accurate kicker, and he does have a big leg, while Ryan Santoso might have even more upside if they can get the accuracy part of it down because his leg might be the biggest in the game today. One of those guys is going to need to step up and take over this job. Special teams coordinator Heath Farwell said a couple weeks ago, he's very confident that whoever wins the job is going to have earned it. It's not just going to be given to, to one of these guys. One of them is going to go out and earn it. He feels so whoever it may be, it's going to be a, a critical part of the Jaguars 2022 season and their potential success. Evan Ingram, I've also got an honorable mention. I think if Dan Arnold wasn't here, then Evan Ingram might be in the top five because he would be your only real option at tight end that's going to be a really athletic seam stretcher that that can threaten vertically, can threaten horizontally, do a lot of different things for you, align in a lot of different places. But because the Jaguars do have Dan Arnold, I don't have Evan Ingram in the top five, even though I do think he has the potential to unlock this offense. I think he has, yeah, the potential to unlock the offense, excuse me, um, just with his incredible athletic ability, catch radius, uh, route running, he can line up outside, he can line up in the slot, he can line up in line, he can line up in the backfield. He can do so many different things for you. And uh, if he plays to to his ceiling, he could be a Pro Bowl tight end. Of course, he hasn't done that to this point in his career, uh, playing in New York, uh, where maybe the coaching wasn't the best, maybe the support system wasn't the best, quarterback situation, etc., and then uh, my final honorable mention here is Christian Kirk, who the Jaguars brought over in free agency, $18 million a year, four-year deal with a two-year out. But for the Jaguars to find offensive success this year, they need a top wide receiver that can be versatile, can be efficient, and can just be a reliable target for Trevor Lawrence when he needs to find someone. I think Christian Kirk can be that. I think he does need to be that for this offense to really take a big step forward in 2022. The reason I don't have him in the top five is because I do think the Jaguars have some wide receiver depth, right? Marvin Jones um, is a quality starter. Zay Jones, I think, is a fringe starter. When you when you look at LaVisca Chenault, though, and Jamal Agnew, I think in a, in a Doug Peterson system, both of those guys can really thrive, and that's why I see um, Christian Kirk as just a tier below the top five. Because I think if, if you did lose Kirk, it, it would be a, a, a major loss for this team. But I think... Um, Jamal Agnew can do some of the things Christian Kirk can do. I think he's a good route runner, solid hands. Um, he doesn't have the same experience level as Christian Kirk, but I think he can do some of those things. And I think LaVisca, you can use him in a lot of different ways. So I, I just think 
when you look at the offensive weapons, I think there are enough at, at receiver and tight end that if you lose one, you're not completely screwed here. Michael Hamilton says, with the two tight end, Doug use a lot in Philly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're going to see two tight end sets. You're going to see Evan Ingram and Dan Arnold on the field at the same time. But if one of those guys went down, you still have Chris Manhurts. You still have Luke Farrell. So I don't think it's a complete bust if Evan Ingram goes down or doesn't perform at the highest level. But now we're going to get into that top five. We'll start at number five and work our way towards number one. I have second-year cornerback Tyson Campbell at number five. John says good morning. Good morning, John. Glad to have you here with me. John says, why are there articles about Marvin Jones' possible trade to the Raiders? We will check on that in just a minute. But I have Tyson Campbell at number five. The reason I have him at number five is because throughout the second half of 2021, his rookie year, after having a pretty disappointing uh, start to his rookie year and then getting injured, when he came back from that injury, he was one of the top 10 corners, according to PFF, um, throughout the rest of the year. He was really, really effective, not only as a cover corner, um, as the Jaguars kind of adjusted to, to allowing him to have his eyes in the backfield versus just playing straight up man-to-man coverage. Um, and he was really damn good as a as a run defender out there on an island. Uh, I posted some clips yesterday, him taking down guys like Jonathan Taylor, Damian Harris, all by himself. He was a really effective run defender and tackler for the Jaguars over the over the um, last half of the season. And when you look at what he did, I'm pulling up his, uh, his stats here from week 10 to week 18. Let's see here. He had a little bit of a rough game against the Patriots, but so did the entire Jaguars roster. Outside of that, from week 10 to week 18, he didn't allow more than 33 yards in primary coverage. Picked off a couple passes, had several pass breakups, several big tackles. He was just playing at a really high level. And to go from, at the beginning of the season, he was one of the least effective corners in football and weeks 10 through 18 after he came back from that injury you could argue he was a top 10 corner in the league and and I went back and watched several of his games yesterday he was playing at an incredibly high level so I think when you look at a player at a premium position which Tyson Campbell is at cornerback that has that type of upside he showed his upside as a rookie if he can continue to play at the level he showed late in his rookie season and even get better than that, uh, there's really no ceiling for how good Tyson Campbell can be with his athleticism, with his length, with his confidence that he has built up. Now, why isn't he higher on the list? You know, you say cornerback, 
one of the top three, four most important positions on the field. Tyson Campbell has the potential to be elite. The reason he's not higher for me is because there is some depth there. If you did lose Tyson Campbell, you still have Shaquille Griffin and Darius Williams, two guys who have started a lot of games throughout their respective NFL careers and, and should still be playing at a starter level. So that would be why uh, he's not a little higher on this list because I think cornerback is one of the deeper rooms on the Jaguars roster overall. Next up, we've got Travis Etienne at number four, but John's talking about Marvin Jones to the Raiders. Let's go ahead and check out. I haven't seen that yet, so I'm going to pull it up here. So, yeah, I mean, I think you could see why Marvin Jones could potentially be a trade target. They uh, they do have a lot of receivers in that room who are going to be competing for, for reps. But I do think Marvin Jones brings experience and a, a level of talent as a possession receiver that really no one else has on the roster. Okay, so what I'm seeing is this same article from bleacher report that I've seen referenced before. I just, that that's all speculation. As far as I I'm concerned, this article is just looking around the league at things that could make sense. It's not actually reporting any rumors or anything like that. So I hope that clears you up, John. Yeah. Crater says it was suggested trade on bleacher report. So there's no substance to that at this point, other than that, it could make sense for both sides, according to the writer from bleacher report. So glad we got that cleared up, but I've got Travis Etienne at number four. You look at running back, you're like, that's a devalued position. Um, but talent wise, he has the ability to break this offense wide open with his speed, with his ability to catch passes out of the backfield, his ability to line up in the slot and even out wide. You've seen him do that. And um, you've also got the James Robinson injury. When is he going to be back? At this point, he's running in a straight line, but it doesn't even look like it's full speed to me, uh, what I've seen from him. So outside of James Robinson and Travis Etienne, what do you have on this roster when it comes to experience and pedigree? Nothing. You've got Snoop Connor, uh, which I, I don't have a problem with Snoop Connor, but is he going to be ready to come in and and make a huge impact if Travis Etienne went down or, or wasn't as effective as you would think he should be? I don't know, but I, I think Travis Etienne has the potential to be a a huge weapon for Doug Peterson, and, and I've seen it throughout the summer. His speed is back. Uh, his his ability to cut is back. He's made some really impressive grabs in practice. So I think Travis Etienne, not only does he have the ability to really break this offense wide open in a Christian McCaffrey, um, Alvin Kamara type of role, Miles Sanders in 2020, um, 2019 and 2020, Doug Peterson used him a lot out of the backfield. Um, I just think when you look at his potential role, the way he can fill that role and then also what's going on with the injury situation and depth behind him, Travis Etienne's ability to come out and start fast for this offense and really help Trevor Lawrence out 
help the entire offense out with his speed, with his ability in the open field to make people miss his home run ability and his hands. That versatility that he can bring to the offense is, is just massive. And again, let's say ETN's not available early. You're starting Snoop Connor probably. And I don't have a problem with Snoop Connor's game, but this is a guy that wasn't able to earn a starting job in college, fifth round pick. I just don't think you should be uh, having to rely on Snoop Connor, you know, too often, too early in this season. So what else do we got here in the chat? Patrick Jackson says ETN and J-Rob slash Snoop should be a good Kamara slash Ingram type combo. I'm excited to see it. That's lofty expectations, but I agree with you definitely on the J-Rob part of it when he comes back. Snoop Connor needs to prove that he can do this at the NFL level. There's nothing that we've seen so far um, that suggests he can't. And his tape from college does not suggest he can't because he's an effective runner, a powerful runner, has a nose for the end zone. Um, showed potential as a pass pro, uh, as a blocker. And he he's never dropped a pass in his career, I don't think. So he does have the hands. He does have the size. I think he has the ability, but he needs to prove he can do it. Patrick Jackson says, Miles Sanders, the Carpenters' favorite player. I don't know that. I don't know that reference. Over my head. Finn says, greetings from Germany, Jordan. Hell yeah, glad to glad to um, see somebody from Germany here. I don't know what time it is over there, but I'm really thankful that you're here with us today. So yeah, we've gone number five and number four, Tyson Campbell, Travis Etienne. Number three is uh, probably me cheating here a little bit. I've got Trayvon Walker slash Josh Allen. I just think those two starters on the edge for this defense are absolutely vital uh, for the team's success. Not only are they both really good run defenders, uh, Josh Allen's already a good pass rusher who has the ability to become an even better pass rusher. Uh, Trayvon Walker needs to show that he has that pass rush toolbox, the pass rush plan to really be an effective guy. But if you lose either of those players, now you've got probably Dewan Smoot or Arden Key or Caleb on chase on running with your starters. And for me, when you look at Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen's potential together, and then when you look at what happens, if either of them goes out, they just really need to be out there for the Jaguars and playing at a high level for this defense to get where it needs to go and to help get the defense off the field and help the offense. Uh, I, I think they have the potential to really wreck games. And it starts with the run. Both of those guys can get the job done against the run. And you've got interior players that are big gap eaters that can help them out as well. I just don't think if you lose either of those guys, the defense will have the same level of effectiveness that that you would with them on the field. And now they're going to rotate out. Don't get me wrong. You're going to see Dewan Smoot on the field. You're going to see Arden Key on the field. You'll probably even see Caleb on chase on at times. But these guys in your base package and in the critical moments of games, you've got to have them making big plays. They play 
in my opinion, probably the second most important position in football behind quarterback, because this is the position that can affect the quarterback the most. Um, Not only do they have to stop the run, rush the passer, but they also both are athletic enough and fluid enough, and they're going to be asked to drop in this defense and make plays that way. You saw Josh Allen with an interception last year. You've seen Trayvon Walker drop in coverage uh, at Georgia and make big plays with his fluidity and length. John says, can we get an interview to ask T. Walker, will he have rookie dinner hazing? Yeah, we'll try to figure that out during training camp for sure. Remind me, John, if I don't get that done for you. Patrick says it's 350 in Germany, 250 here in the UK. Hey, Patrick's in the UK. We've got the UK and Germany represented here. Super happy to have you guys in. Brandon says those two are going to be scary. I hope they are. They should be. They have the talent, uh, the the skill set, the size, the athleticism, everything you're looking for from those two guys. Patrick says, how much of a factor was having Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry playing for divisional rivals in the selection of Walker first overall, do you think? That is a great question. I don't know the answer. I believe the Jaguars would tell you they drafted him because they believe he can be a complete edge rusher, and that means being a pass rusher as well, not just a run defender. I don't believe they would say that having Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry and these running games in your division is the reason that they brought in Trayvon Walker. I think they would tell you the reason they brought in Trayvon Walker is because they think he's the best player in the draft. And they think he is going to be the best edge rusher and pass rusher from this class. So I would, uh, they would certainly tell you that's not part of it. But for me, when you look at Trayvon Walker's ability to stop the run, set the edge um, on the strong side, and then also be a chase player on the weak side, yeah, I think it's going to be a huge factor. Will they admit that? I wouldn't think so. But his ability to stop the run certainly plays into helping win this division. And I'm not suggesting the Jaguars will do that in 2022 but being able to stop the run is huge against jonathan taylor taylor and derrick henry and even damian pierce who's in the division now john says it probably was an extreme factor yeah you look at the way they built the defense it looks like they're built to stop the run first and stop the pass second i I get that and i i do think some of that played into it but With Trayvon Walker specifically, with the first overall pick specifically, I think they would say that he was their number one player on the board, not just from a run-stopping standpoint, not just from a beating-your-division rival standpoint, but holistically. So yeah, Tyson Campbell at five, Travis Etienne at four, Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen at three, which I know is cheating, but I don't care because I think if either of them go down, you're really in trouble defensively and can you get get by with either of them going down maybe but for this defense to reach its potential you need both of them to be playing strong football now I think the next one is the most interesting that I have here on this list at number two I have free safety Andre Cisco. Uh, he was the Jaguars top pick of the third round in 2021 he was coming off the ACL why do I have Andre Cisco, who only started a couple games last year, um, this high on the list? 
quite simply because I think he has the potential to be, and not even just the potential, he has the skill set to be a ball hawking free safety. He can also play the run well. He's very physical, incredible athlete, great instincts. He's a ball hawk. So I think creating turnovers is critical for this defense. They did not create turnovers in 2021. As soon as he got in the starting lineup, uh, he almost picked off a pass in his first game, forced a fumble against the Colts. This is a guy that is going to have a nose for the football. Um, John says ticking time bomb. I hope you're not talking about the ACL. But yeah, Andre Cisco, his skill set, I think, really elevates the Jaguars. But not only is he a, a vital player in the starting lineup, what happens if Andre Cisco isn't in the starting lineup? Andrew Wingard is there. That's probably who, who gets inserted into the starting lineup at free safety. He was the Jaguars starter at free safety for most of 2021. And going back to these division rivals, if you see Andrew Wingard trying to tackle Jonathan Taylor or, or Derek Henry, or cover Brandon Cooks or or any of these Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, uh, Robert Woods, Traylon Burks. If any, if, if Andrew Wingard is on the field, the Jaguars are in trouble in 2022, and that's the other reason I have Andre Cisco so high at two. Not only is he a fantastic talent, which he is, but his replacement is is really going to negatively impact the defense and, and what you can do with that defense. Brandon says, please, God, not wingered. <laughs> I'm with you there. Um, and John said, he clarified that. He said he's ready to explode in the NFL. I think he is too. I think it's still just a travesty that he did not get more playing time as a rookie. Not that he needed it to be effective this year, but just he would have made the Jaguars defense so much better. Uh, he would have made them better against the run. He would have made them a higher turnover potential team. He does a lot, and Andrew Winger does a lot negatively on the defensive side of the ball. So Tyson Campbell at five, Travis Etienne at four, Trayvon Walker slash Josh, Josh Allen at three, Andre Sisco at two. Can anybody guess who's at number one? This one's going to be pretty obvious here. Take a sip of coffee and see if anybody responds here. Well, no responses, but yes, it is, of course, Trevor Lawrence. Duh. The quarterback is the straw that stirs the drink with any football team. Um, Trevor Lawrence was the number one overall pick in 2021. Brandon, you're late. Yes, it is, T-Law. You know, this is just easy. Not only is quarterback the most important position on the field, but Trevor Lawrence being a first overall pick going into his second year, uh, coming off of a disappointing season, which in a lot of ways, it was not his fault that he struggled. You had dropped passes. You had receivers running into each other. You had Urban Meyer, who was absolutely the worst coach in team history and probably in NFL history running the show. You had disagreements between how to run the offense. You just had a team that was in complete disarray for the Jaguars last year around Trevor Lawrence. Pass protection wasn't great. He was having to maneuver the pocket. When you look at 
there was a lot of pressures, not a lot of sacks. What does that mean? That means Trevor Lawrence is avoiding those sacks with his pocket movement, with his ability to break the pocket. Um, Lawrence now has Doug Peterson, you know, as the head coach, who is a player's coach. He is a great culture builder, a great leader. Not only is he that, but he's a great um, quarterback coach who has done a lot to develop quarterbacks throughout his time in, in the NFL, former quarterback himself. He's going to run a, a scheme that kind of – oh, John says, I didn't realize how much of a delay there was for the chat. Maybe that's why we didn't get the responses in there quickly. I appreciate you guys, though. Um, he's going to be in a, a – offense that kind of evolved from the old school West coast offenses where it's, you know, quick timing based throws, get the ball out quick, three strep drop type of thing. Um, but now you've added a lot of wrinkles to it with the RPOs, with the read options, um, with the play action game, with the pre-snap movement. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of different, wrinkles to this offense you're going to see guys lined up all over the field you can see evan ingram lined up out wide christian kirk lined up in the slot i've even seen them lined up in the backfield travis Etienne will be moved all around the formation all these guys are going to be moving and that's going to make it more difficult for defenses to key in on what's happening and so that's going to help trevor lawrence but lawrence himself he he has to be more accurate he has to be more poised um and he just has to achieve better results, bottom line. And, of course, I'm not blaming him for what happened last year, but it has to get better. It should get better based on what's around him with the coaching, the scheme, the talent, um, the ability to just be multiple on the offensive side of the ball now. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the key to the Jaguars' 2022 season and beyond. Like, this guy is – he's the most talented player on the team. He's not the best player on the team right now. That would be Brandon Scherf. And the reason Brandon Scherf's not in the top five here, I should explain that probably because you look at, he is the most, the most uh, or the best player on the team right now. He's not in the top five because I think if you lose him, it is going to be a major blow. But if you're looking at an offensive line and the interior that features um, uh, Tyler Shatley, Ben Barch and Luke Fortner, I don't think you're in trouble. I think you're okay. And that's why I, I don't have Scherf in the top five most important players, even though he is the best player on the team right now. But yeah, that is our top five most important players of 2022. Tyson Campbell, he has Pro Bowl potential at a premium position, but there is some depth there, which is why he's at number five. Um, Travis Etienne, not only does he have the breakout potential, the ability to be a home run hitter, but his running mate, James Robinson, is still hurt, and there's little in the way of experience slash pedigree beyond Travis Etienne and James Robinson, so he's at number four. Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen, perhaps the two most talented players on the defensive side of the ball, probably two of the top three or four most talented players on the roster, and they play, in my mind, the second most important position in the game today. Andre Sisco, incredible ball hawk and also who plays if cisco doesn't it's andrew wingard you can't have that and then trevor lawrence at number one duh he's the quarterback the first overall pick in 2021 supremely talented great leader he just needs the guys around him and the scheme to work for him not against him
John says Lloyd just outside of the list. The reason, and I looked at the linebackers, I think Foy said Aluakun, Devin Lloyd, they're both important. The reason they are not higher on this list is because I think Chad Muma could step in for either of them and play well. And to be completely honest, I think Shaq Quarterman, if you're in a pinch, can also come in and play well. I think you saw that last year, late in the season. Now, will Quarterman play at the same level as those guys? No, he doesn't have the same athleticism or length um, or ability to drop in coverage or, or versatility, but he can be effective run and chase linebacker, you know, a box linebacker. Um, and I do think Devin Lloyd and Foye Aluokun are going to be critical. But again, if you lost either of them, I think Chad Muma can come in and do a good job and maybe be just as good. Like Chad Muma is a really, really talented linebacker. And he's smart, instinctive, athletic. He's got everything you want in the modern game. Good in coverage, good against the run. Excuse me. So that would be the only reason those two or one of those two is not higher on this list here. That's going to do it for the show. Really appreciate everyone for tuning in. Um, make sure to hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo and follow Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube and check GenJag.com for all the latest Jaguars news, analysis, and Duval gear. Have a good one, Duval. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.